Welcome to the Battlefield Baptist Church Podcast. We are so glad you joined us and pray that this message is a blessing to you today. This week, Pastor talked about the importance of staying in the Word and will of God with his message, Be Strong. We talked about roads last week, the road that leads to a blessed life. Being strong intellectually is not the road to overcoming things or to spiritual success. You say, well, why would you say that? Ask Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived, but at the end of his life, he blew it. He blew it. His his heart was turned after the gods of his wives. And he blew it. Wisdom is great, folks. And God's word certainly tells us to get wisdom. But when it does so, it says that we need to get our wisdom from God and his word and his word alone. In verse number 10, the key, I think, for us this morning in Ephesians chapter 6, as we start there, I think the key for us is that phrase that comes after be strong. The Apostle Paul again writes, Finally, my brethren, be strong. But notice what he says there. Be strong in the Lord. Don't be strong in yourself. Don't be strong in your own intellect. Don't be strong in your own uh, thoughts, ways, and methods and means. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. In other words, what Paul was saying is that the only way we're going to be strong or the only way that we're going to be strengthened is through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because He is the only one that can furnish it or supply it. And so this morning, I simply want to encourage you, be strong. In Genesis chapter 6, I I think about others in Scripture who were strong. And my mind goes back to Genesis chapter 6 and 7 and the fact that Noah, you think about Noah. Noah was strong. God tells Noah to build an ark. An ark for something that had never happened. Noah had to be strong. And so he had to get his strength from God. He heeded God's warning and and God's instructions to build an ark. And he exhibited that strength. Think about Abraham. In Genesis chapter 22, it was one thing when God called Abraham and said, Hey, get out from this land and go out to a place that I'm going to show you. And by the way, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to use you. And I'm going to flow through you to make a great nation, which I'll reference here in just a moment. But in chapter 22, Abraham exercised great strength in God. But God said, you need to go up there and offer your son as a burnt offering. This is what he did. He exercised strength in Hebrews chapter 11. The Bible reminds us that Moses, he chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to live in the the capital there in in Egypt and as an heir to really what amounted to an empty throne. Think about people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They personified strength in Daniel chapter 3. They refused to bow down to that image that the king had made. And then just a few chapters after them in Daniel chapter 6, we find Daniel, a man of integrity. He continued to exercise strength. Do you remember his deal? He kept on calling out on the name of the Lord when they said, hey, stop talking to the Lord. Daniel not only called out, he went to a window where everybody could see him and he said, listen, you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do when it comes to my God. I'm going to continue to call out. He exercised strength in the Lord. Think about the apostles. The apostles were warned and they even faced imprisonment. And yet they kept on preaching and teaching in the name of the Lord. In Acts chapter 4. And then in verse, in Acts chapter 5, you remember they said it's better that we obey God rather than man. 
Listen, in each instant, these men, these women of God, their strength was what enabled them to succeed. And Joshua, Joshua was such a man as well. And so if you look over at Joshua chapter 1, we kind of referred to this passage last week, but we didn't spend really that much time, and and we're just going to hit a couple of things. But we referenced this passage, and it's such an emotional text. And I want to encourage you guys, when you read Scripture, look beyond just the facts. Try and place yourself in the story. See what is going on because this story continues. God is continuing to write his story. And I want to encourage you to read along with me. Look at verse number 1 and following. And the Bible says this, in verse number 1, Joshua chapter 1, it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying... Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given to you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast." There shall not any man be able to stand before thee in all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Notice the emphasis, it goes up. And very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have Good success. Verse number 9. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. What an amazing passage of scripture. What an emotional time for the children of Israel. You think about it. Moses, the servant of God. Ebed Yahweh. And you can do your own study on that. Ebed Yahweh, the servant of God. What a title of honor he is given. And we know some things about Moses. Moses has passed away at this point in our text. And he is unable to go into the promised land. God said, you're not going into the promised land. You remember Moses disobeyed God. Moses allowed the people to get the best of him. And he ended up giving in to the people and acting out of unbelief. And in this passage, what we see very quickly is that God is communicating and he is commissioning Joshua to be the next leader of of his children. And I don't know about you, but as for me, it was pretty significant when God started speaking to me and asking me to serve him in a capacity that I now serve. To follow the founding pastor of a church who had been in place for 33 years, to even think about it. In fact, when I was first asked, I was like, no, I don't want that. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want to have to go down that road because I know the statistics. Everybody likes to crucify the guy who follows the founding pastor. And so I can't even imagine how Joshua felt. 
Moses was beloved. You say, well, hold on, they murmured. Oh, yeah, they murmured. But God continued to prosper and use them and answer their prayers and to provide for the children of Israel all throughout his leadership. And now Moses has passed away and Joshua has become the leader. And Joshua, the message that God gives Joshua is a message for all of us, not just pastors and missionaries and leaders, but it's a message for all of us. And I believe that we can take heart and be strong from this message. I think about the fact Moses was blessed. I mean, there's no doubt this guy was blessed. He was blessed to speak to God through a burning bush. I mean, who has ever had that experience? Moses. He was blessed with a staff that God said, listen, you'll use this staff and you can wield this staff on my behalf and you'll be able to do great and mighty things and I'm going to work through you. But also Moses was burdened. You see, he was burdened by a people who murmured. They complained and they wanted to go back to Egypt. He was burdened by a people who, when the going got tough, you remember he was up on the mount receiving the law from God? And they built a little golden calf. When the going got tough, they stopped worshiping God and they started worshiping this golden calf. Moses was also burdened by the fact that these people would wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Now I think about Joshua. He was already a strong and courageous man. In fact, if you read in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, when uh, Moses sends out the spies into the land, Caleb and Joshua are along that trip. And if you look, uh, and we'll not go there, but if you'll look in Numbers chapter 14, verses 6 through 9, you'll see that Joshua and and Caleb, they reassured the people of God's uh, uh, provision and promises there. And yet, God tells Joshua three times in our text, be strong. And of a good courage. Then he says, Be strong and very courageous. And then he says again, Be strong and of a good courage. And so, if God's telling Joshua, a person who is already strong, a person who has already proven himself to be courageous, three times over and over to be strong and courageous, I think it would be helpful for us to kind of look at this passage and say, Okay, how can we be strong, God? Because right now, today, I feel weak. I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow, but I feel weak today. And so, God, I need you to work in my life. And so I want to encourage you, if you're a note taker, write down these couple of thoughts. Number one, be strong by standing on the promises of God. Be strong by standing on the promises of God. In chapter one of our text, in verse number two, God calls Joshua. I want you to know that as a believer, he's called you too. He's called each and every one of us. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible talks about walking worthy of the vocation where we're with called. He's called us to walk worthy of this calling as believers. He's called us to walk in wisdom. He's called us to walk in love. He's called us to walk as children of light. He's called each and every one of us. In verses 3 and 4, God tells Joshua, he says, Everywhere you go in the land of Canaan, everywhere that the sole of your foot touches will be given to you. Now, he's not giving him a blanket statement that says you can travel the world and it's all going to be yours, Joshua. He says, no, in this promised land, in this land that I swear unto thy fathers, from this coast to this coast, from this region to this region, everywhere you go, it's already been given to you. He promises that. In verse number 5, you remember we read, God tells him, he says, listen, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Essentially, God says, I'm not going to leave you high and dry. 
I'm going to be with you. You can be strengthened knowing that I'm going to be with you. And then he has this reiteration of be strong, be strong, be strong. And I want you to know this morning that if you and I hope to accomplish anything for God, Paul, Megan, as you go to Peru, if you hope to accomplish anything for God, one, you're going to need to be faithful, but you're going to need to be strengthened. And that strength is going to come from the Word of God. I think about this song, and um, I was talking uh, with Josh earlier, and uh, I said, number one, be strong by standing on the promises of God. Anybody remember that old hymn? That old hymn by uh, Russell Carter, entitled, Standing on the Promises of God. Let me read to you some of the lyrics from this song. Maybe it'll be an encouragement to you, as it was to me. In verse number one, it says, Standing on the promises of God, of, uh, of Christ my King, Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. You go to verse number 2. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. I don't know about you, but I like that. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God, I shall prevail. The hymn writer says, standing on the promises of God. If you can't be strong or strengthened in anything else, be strong this morning. Be strengthened by standing on the promises of God. Verse number 3 says, standing on the promises, I now can see. Isn't that what faith is? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. He says, standing on the promises, I now can see perfect, present cleansing in the blood for me. Standing in the liberty where Christ makes us free. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises, verse 4, of Christ the Lord. Bound to him eternally by love's strong cord. You go to verse number 5. It says, standing on the promises, I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. If you're weak this morning, if you're feeling beat down, if you're feeling bruised and bullied by the world, I want to encourage you, be strong. Be strong. Stand on the promises of God. By the way, promises are a common thing. It's a common thread with God's Word. It's a common thread with God's Word. In Genesis chapter 12, I referenced it earlier. God promised Abraham. He says, listen, I'm sending you out, and I'm going to make of thee a great nation. And then he also promised uh, Abraham this. He says, and I will bless you. And those that bless you, I will bless them. But those who curse you, I will curse them. Pretty important part of that. God promised his blessing. In Genesis 31, I think about Jacob, the deceiver. God promises Jacob. He says, listen, he says, it's time for you to get up and return back to the land of your fathers. Now, Jacob had a problem. He had a brother over there that was still upset with him. Jacob didn't want to go. But God said, it's time to go back to the land of your fathers. But God also told Jacob in Genesis chapter 31, he says, and I will be with thee promise you I'm going to be with you in Exodus chapter 3 you know the story God calls Moses and he says I'm sending you back to Egypt (laughs) Moses hold on how are you going to send me I can't even talk and God says who made your mouth he said who made your mouth who's going to give you the ability to speak I'll give you the ability I'll teach you what you should say and he sends him back and he tells Moses he says when you go he says guess what I'm going to be with you I'm going to be with you. In chapter 1 of our text, the Lord tells Joshua, he says, hey, 
Moses is dead. It's time for you to get the children of Israel. It's time to go on into the promised land. I wanted to give it to you 40 years ago, but you all wanted to wander around in the wilderness. It's time to get up and get moving. And I would imagine that Joshua was probably pretty excited because you remember the problem when they had sinned, God says, you're going to stay out here in the wilderness till this whole generation dies. I'd imagine he got pretty excited when he realized, hey, God is now ready to perform that which he was ready to do 40 years ago. I think about it. Moses was used by God. You think about Moses and Joshua. They were used in in different perspectives. Moses was used by God to lead the children away, away from hostility, away from danger. And then God says, Joshua, I'm calling you. I'm going to use you. And your job, congratulations. You're going to lead the children right into hostility. You're going to lead the children right into battle. You say, what? God promised it. Oh, yeah, but I got news for you. The children of Anak still lived in the promised land. The Hittites still lived in the promised land. The Jebusites and all the Ites families, they lived in the promised land. And so God says, hey, it's time to cross over Jordan and go into Canaan land. But Joshua already knew he was headed for a battle. And I have to think that everyone in this room knows that as soon as we walk out those doors, that you're going to be headed for a battle today. You're going to be headed for a battle this week. And I'll tell you, the world ain't going to do anything to strengthen you. And so if you want to be strong this week, you want to be strengthened, strengthen yourself by standing on the promises of God. Listen, the same promises that God made to Joshua are still available to you and I today. And I, don't, I, I, I love Numbers chapter 23. Guys, if you'll show that verse, Numbers 23, verse number 19. Because listen, we can count on the Lord to do exactly what he says all the time. You say, where do you get it from? God's word. Notice what Numbers 23, 19 says. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? And hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Listen, when God says it, I know you've heard this before, essentially, that settles it. He doesn't need to ask permission from the government of the United States when he says something. He doesn't have to ask permission uh, when he does things. He is God of very God, the creator of the universe. And when he says it, it really pretty much, whether I like it or not, and there have been times that I have not liked what God's word has to say to me personally or to my family, but when he says it, he pretty much is pretty serious about what he says. I think about the Apostle Paul and his greeting to Titus. Titus in Titus 1, verse number 2, Paul reminds Titus that it's God. It's God that cannot lie. He says, God doesn't lie. It was God that cannot lie who promised eternal life before the foundation of the world. God doesn't lie. When he says something, he can do it. Listen, if you, if you, if you call out on the name of the Lord for, for forgiveness of sin, he'll still forgive you today. He'll still answer your prayer. He still gives victory to us over every enemy we face. He still keeps his promises. I think about uh, speaking of Abraham. I love this. You remember God tells Abraham and Sarah they're going to have children? And they're a little, little bit, in our, in our thinking, they're beyond childbearing years. You know, And uh, they're like, what? 
You know, because God says, hey, get out from this land and I'm going to bless thee and I'm going to make of thee a great nation, right, in Genesis chapter 12. And so they're kind of doing the, the thumb twirl like, okay, uh, when are you going to make this great nation? When is this thing going to happen? And so they're getting up in age and, and God promises them uh, that he's still going to fulfill his promise. See, I think that's a problem for us sometimes. We, we stand on the promises and then when we're not sure that they're being fulfilled, we have a tendency to backslide in our thinking and in our spirit. And notice, uh, I love this passage in Romans chapter 4. This is speaking of Abraham. And it tells us this about Abraham. It says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. See, Abraham kept on believing God's promise. He says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong. He was strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. See, we either believe that God is able or he's not. He's either the God that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think, or he's not. He's still able to heal. He's still able to restore your marriage. He's still able to move beyond, uh, to allow us to move beyond the mistakes of our past, the sinful decisions of our past. But we have to believe. We have to put our trust in him. Oh, yes, he's still omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's ever-present. However, I think the greatest promise that God gave Joshua is the greatest promise that he gives to you and I today. Aside from the promise of forgiving our sins, I believe the greatest promise that he gave Joshua is the greatest promise he gives us. Do you know what that was? That's where God promised Joshua that he would be with him. He gave him the promise of his presence God does the same thing for you and I. When a person places their faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in and takes up residency in the heart of every believer. And the Holy Spirit is with us wherever we go. Never leaves us, never forsakes us, and on and on. Listen, this is a great thing. I think about that promise. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. You don't have to worry about it, Joshua. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to give you the ability when you have no ability. I'm going to give you the wisdom when you have no wisdom. I'm going to work in and through your life. I think of the psalmist in Psalm 23. The Bible encourages us in Psalm 23. You know, the psalmist says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he talks about the shepherd in Psalm 23 and... uh, And the imagery here is that even when you and I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and sometimes life can feel like that, the Bible says, the psalmist said, I will will not fear. He says these words. He says, uh, in Psalm 23, he says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The psalmist understood that the great shepherd of our souls, the Lord Jesus Christ, would be with us. I think about Hebrews 13. The pastor that I worked for in Springfield, Missouri, he used to point this out in Hebrews 13. We love this verse. It says, let your conversation, verse number 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Well, if you notice the word conversation, that word conversation actually means let your conduct, 
Let your manner of life be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never. And that word never, where he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, the word never means this. It's a double negative, and it actually means, I will not at all, I will not anymore, I will not by any means, neither, never, no at all, in no case, no ever, I will never ever leave you nor forsake you. I don't know, that's a lot of negatives there. But in that sense, I'm very thankful for him. I'm thankful that God was making the point when he says, I will never, ever, 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 ever leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm going to be with you. You can be strong by standing on the promises of my word. Number two, be strong by staying focused on and obedient to God's word, to the word of God. Listen, God says to Joshua, he says, hey, my job, here's my promise. I'm going to promise to provide for you. I'm going to promise my presence in your life. I'm going to promise my protection. Whether, whithersoever you go, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to give you my presence. But he said, Joshua, here's your job. You're going to be strengthened when you meditate on my word. You're going to be strengthened not only when you meditate on my word, but you're going to be strengthened when you meditate on my word and when you actually obey my word. That's that dirty little word none of us like to hear from anyone. And that's the word obey, the word submission, putting our will under his will, our desire under his desire, and giving ourselves completely to him. Notice what verse 8 says again. In verse number 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. I was talking with somebody earlier this week, and and last week it, it kept coming up as a reoccurring thread in Isaiah Uh, Isaiah chapter 26, the Bible encourages us with these words. It says this, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. But notice what verse 4 says. It says, trust in the Lord forever for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Listen, as you and I focus on him, we are strengthened through the rigors of life through Jesus. That, that doesn't make sense to us. But then again, let's be real honest. Does it make sense to me or does it make sense to you that God would love us enough to send his son to die on the cross for our sins? He would allow his son to be buried in a borrowed tomb only to have him to rise again three days later, conquer death, hell, and the grave. That doesn't make sense because who here among us, if I asked you, would go up and get on that cross for me today? Who among you would give up your life for my wife today? Or for your husband? Or for your child? Who among us would really willingly die? And yet it doesn't make sense. And yet that's exactly what God did. He is our strength. He is our everlasting source of strength. In fact, when we fear the Lord, when we reverence the Lord, when we, when we have a holy uh, 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 regard for who He is, That's when he starts to work in our lives. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 26, the Bible says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. That word refuge means that you and I will have a shelter, a place of shelter, a place of hope. I like what Matthew Henry 
commentator, teacher, preacher of, uh, of God's word, he said these words. He said, those who fear the Lord so as to obey and serve him have a strong ground of confidence and will be preserved. We can be strengthened when we focus on God's word and when we commit ourselves to obey that which we find in God's word. Proverbs 18.10, the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. When you and I face the battles of persecution, temptation, and affliction, we can be strengthened knowing that Jesus Christ is our strong and high tower. Oh, it strengthens me. But the reality is that we have a choice. See, he can either be your strong tower or he won't be. See, you can either choose to serve sin or you can choose to serve God. The Bible tells us this. And a few weeks ago we were talking about it when I was talking about true freedom. In fact, if you remember the text, guys, if you can show Romans chapter 6, verse number 16. The Bible says, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Listen, I can almost guarantee you that if God's word is a priority in your life, you're going to be strengthened. But I can also almost guarantee you that if God's word is not really important to you, don't expect to be strengthened. It's like Jared. Jared, by the way, he went out yesterday and was, uh, was um, awarded. He's the fourth strongest man in Fauquier County. Whatever. Whatever. I still question it. Uh, <laughs> I'll just, Leah's like, that's not nice. Jared knows a lot more about being strengthened physically than probably I do, but I'm pretty sure I understand this, Jared. No exercise, no strength. No exercise. Guys, it's pretty simple. If you're not exercising the Word of God into your life, you know, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I say, if you want to have the mind of Christ, have the mind of Christ. If you're not exercising, don't expect God to strengthen you. Don't expect God to be doing great and mighty things in and through your life that you're going to be able to go out and show the world, man, Lord, the Lord is strengthening me. See, we have to be in his word. And that's not a, that's not a beat down. Hopefully that's an encouragement because I need to be in God's word. We all need to be in God's word day by day by day. Listen, be strengthened by standing on the promises of God. Be strengthened and be strong by staying focused on God's word and by being obedient to the word of God. And then lastly, very quickly, I close. Be strong by stepping out in faith to the word and the will of God. See, there's the word of God and there's the will of God. And I think we need to exercise faith in stepping out in both areas. Notice what verse number 10 says. See, I didn't read verse number 10 earlier because I want to read it now. Notice it says, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through, he says, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth to you to possess. He said, it's now time to possess your possessions. I didn't give it to you, but God has already given it to us. And he says, it's time to move out. As soon as God gives Joshua this command to lead, immediately 
without hesitation, he goes and tells the people, it's time to get moving for Jesus. It's time to get moving for God. I understand Old Testament text. It's time to get moving for God. And here's the thing. The land of Canaan was already Israel's by God's deed. God had already gifted the land of Canaan to the children of Israel. But the children of Israel still had to cross Jordan. They still had to go in and face the battles that they would face. They still had to go in believing God's promise that He would be with them, that He would protect them, that He would provide for them. They had to exercise that. And the only way they can do that was to be strengthened. And so they still had to do this. And I think about it, similarly, God offers you and I His grace. He offers the gift of salvation. But you and I must claim it. We must claim that gift by believing that Jesus is who He says He is. We must claim that gift by not only believing it, by putting our faith in the risen Savior of the world. Folks, we will never stand. We will never stand on the promises of God until we step out in faith to the Word of God and the will of God. You'll never stand, you'll never be strengthened or stand on the promises of God until you step out by faith to the Word and the will of God. And I want to encourage you, God's will today is that you stand on His promises. God's will today is that you stay focused on His Word. You know, it's like that old song, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And God's Word is for each and every person in this room to step out by faith. That's probably the most difficult. Most difficult sometimes to step out by faith because we are people that like to get comfortable. We are so comfortable with our comfortability. <laughs> Almost, that's hard to say. We're so comfortable with our comfortability. Listen, but I don't know, I'm just thankful that God's patient with me. I'm not perfect, but you know what? He's patient with me. I'm also thankful that he's persistent and he encourages me through his word. I'm thankful that for every believer in this room, every believer listening on our podcast, that, that God says there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing that can separate you from my love. I love you. I've promised you that if you'll meditate on my word, you'll have good success then. But if you're not going to be in my word, don't expect to be strengthened. Don't expect to in, enjoy all this success that I'm talking about, spiritual success. I'm not talking about some kind of financial peace university. I'm talking about spiritual success. But God says, listen, I love you. Nothing can separate you from my love. I think about Romans chapter 8. The Bible tells us in verse number 31, it says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If you drop down... I was with Tom Foltz the day before he passed away, our missionary out of Battlefield Baptist Church. I was with Tom Foltz the day before he passed away, and I read to him. He was sitting there with his eyes closed, just a mere shell of what he was physically. And I said, Tom, can I read Scripture to you? And he said, absolutely. And I said, Tom, what, what passage of Scripture do you want me to read? And he said, brother, will you read Romans chapter 8? And I want to read you the last few verses of Romans chapter 8. And when I got to this part of Scripture, I looked over at Tom. And he was sitting there, skin and bones, with a smile on his face. Eyes closed. And these are the words that God's Word says. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When I finished that passage, I started crying as I looked at him because it was evident to me that he was drawing and he was reaching and he was pulling and he was thriving on the strength that was flowing through his body and the strength that he was thriving on was the strength of the Lord. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And by the way, it's okay today. I want you to know, it's okay if you're weak. About 20 minutes ago, I asked if there was anybody here that is weak. It's okay if you're still not strengthened right now. Because I remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, guys, if you'll throw that up, the Apostle Paul, he tells us about a time when he called out on the Lord. He's like, Lord, will you take this, this, this physical uh, infirmity from me over and over again? And you know the answer. God said no. God said no. And God said no. But then in verse number 9 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Lord tells Paul, he says, my grace is sufficient for thee. You want to be strengthened? Be strengthened in the grace that is in me. My grace is sufficient for thee, he said, for my strength will be made perfect in weakness. He says, my strength is perfect in your weakness. That's when you'll be strengthened. When you allow me to work in your life. When you allow me to flow through your life. And so I just want to encourage you, be strong. Be strong. God's promises are true. God's word, it's still needful. And God's will, his word, his will is always best. It's always best for your life. No matter what you're facing, no matter what I'm facing, we can strengthen ourselves and be strengthened in the fact that Jesus came down, was born of a virgin, lived 33 plus years, never committed a single sin. He did that. He was tempted as you and I are, but he never committed a sin. He allowed himself to be beaten and bruised and crucified. To pay that sin debt that I or you or no one could ever pay. He went to that cross willingly. He died. He was buried. And he rose again so that you and I would not only be forgiven, but that you and I would have everlasting life. He said he came to give us not only life, but life more abundantly. Be strong. Be strong. Do it today. Do it tomorrow. And the way we do it is through God's word through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about our ministry, please go to battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. See you next time.